all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio Cesar Rodriguez, Jr., Colonel, retired from the United States Air Force after 26 years. Uh, Colonel, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to share uh, some uh, nuggets of, uh, of both wisdom and buffoonery. Uh, <laughs> well, as we were saying earlier, you learn, you want to learn from your mistakes. And uh, exactly. that's one of those lessons uh, that sometimes takes a while to figure out, hey, I shouldn't repeat the same mistake. But, but as an Air Force uh, fighter pilot, you don't want to make the same mistake. You don't get a chance to do it twice. And, and uh, the colonel here is the only U.S. fighter pilot of the modern era credited with downing three enemy fourth-generation fighter aircraft, two in two different campaigns in Iraq, uh, AF MiG-29, a uh, Iraqi AF MiG-23, and a Yugoslavian Air Force MiG-29. So uh, uh, you, you got a chance to mix it up with some folks over your 26 years. I have. I've had the, the opportunity to do that. But first, let me back up a second and just correct your math. Uh, uh, two plus one equals three. That's how many I have. I didn't get two in my second campaign. But uh, I do have three credited air-to-air kills. Uh, and But you have them correct. Uh, two in Desert Storm and one in Operation Allied Force uh, over the skies of, uh, of Yugoslavia. But, uh, yeah, I've had that, that opportunity um, but I, I kind of go back to um, the some of the basic run rules that that you know my dad instilled uh, in myself and in my brothers and sisters. It's it's about paying attention to what you're doing. It's okay to make mistakes, but don't repeat your mistakes. And so I, I owe the um, the good fortune of my three credit three air to air credited kills. Uh, to a bunch of people along the way from instructor pilots to weapons school instructor instructors um, to commanders to wingmen 
to young airmen who uh, who prepared the jets and did all the other things associated with and getting the mission ready. I owe them great credit because um, at any step along the way, uh, they could have said, you know, no mas, no more for me. Or they could have just said, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to give it my, my, my full attention. And that chain of events would have broken. And in most cases in, in the air-to-air business, uh, when the chain of events breaks at some point, the end result is that you become the loser. Uh, you either are coming home or coming down out of the sky in a parachute, if you're lucky, uh, or you uh, you perish with your airplane in a big, huge fireball. And um, so I owe it to them for, for those three successes and many other successes in my life. Uh, but those are the three that uh, I think that ultimately – uh, have have given me the opportunity to have a, a platform to share my lessons learned and 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 also to share my culture well let, yeah let me jump back uh, we, we started with sort of the uh, highlight reel um, but let me b- jump back how does a nice kid like you born in uh, Texas graduate from high school in Puerto Rico end up in the Air Force well, I guess the answer is is the army missed uh, out on a great opportunity. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the real truth is, uh, um, uh, I you know I'm, I'm I'm an army brat. My father served for uh, 24 years and uh, ultimately retired in Puerto Rico, which is his hometown, and which is uh, what I call now my home, which is where the rest of my family, my extended family, uh, lives. Um, and so uh, I grew up uh, around the military all my life. Um, and uh, so when I selected to go to the Citadel, um, the military was definitely a piece of the formula. Um, one, I knew that the Citadel was going to bring uh, discipline and rigor uh, to a you know, 17 and a half year old uh, wild and crazy uh, captain of the football team, captain of the baseball team, uh, president of the senior class. Uh, all of that was uh, was playing out, but uh, rigor and discipline in the form of long-term um, uh, life career goals was kind of missing. And so the Citadel was, was that for me. Um, and so halfway through my sophomore year, um, we had the opportunity to take a variety of uh, officer qualification exams. And in my case, um, uh, I did very, very well in my Air Force officer qualification exam, uh, scored high enough to be selected to go to flight school. And that's when I made the transition from uh, Army program to Air Force program. And uh, obviously do not regret having made that decision uh, at, at all. Uh, so that's how I got to the Air Force. Well, and we recently had the chance to talk to the Citadel's uh, new Commandant of Cadets, uh, retired Colonel Tom Gordon. And so there's a great podcast about the Citadel that, that if people want to know more about it. But it is sort of rooted in that, found, giving you that foundation. Maybe you got it from your dad being an Army uh, uh, man 
you know, you just, you just have to have a solid foundation to build on, don't you? Well, you do, uh, or at least you have to choose the path that helps you build that foundation. And uh, while I had great, I, I feel like I had great discipline uh, growing up. Uh, I also had uh, many self-initiated distractions <laughs> that uh, that the average teenager probably has, no matter what generation you were born in. Um, but I, it was the decision to um, to go to the Citadel and pers- and stay in a military program and focus on a four-year degree and an eventual career as a as as an officer in some service. I didn't have a decision yet when I made the initial uh, selection of the Citadel. But uh, all of those came together uh, little by little. But there, there was a point where, uh, you know, I could have said, no, I would rather go to University X and, uh, and try the six or seven year program. But I chose to go to the Citadel. And, uh, and then what the Citadel taught me, besides uh, more about myself as an individual, uh, many of the lessons that I learned at the Citadel really brought great calm uh, to to me in my airplane in combat. And uh, I gained great strength uh, from what I learned at the Citadel and the, and the friends that I made at the Citadel that, uh, that ultimately uh, served me well beyond just the four years of being a cadet. Well, and, and uh, sort of buried in that answer is you didn't take the easy way out. Uh, a lot of life Correct. choices require you to take the, the the road less traveled or the harder road, but to be in a, accomplished in anything, let alone as a fighter pilot, you really have to put in the time. And I think you have something like 3,100 fighter flight hours. Uh, again, it, it is a difficult, at times challenging, to, to get to the top of the game, isn't it? It is. Um, uh, and, it, and it doesn't happen overnight. And your position, um, if you will, in using your analogy at the top of your game, it, that position uh, the only lasts as long as, uh, as, as you uh, choose for it to by giving up or by changing your course of action to something, uh, uh, you know, to something that, that, that isn't challenging you. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, just, to, just, just to make it through flight school was 10 times harder than anything I ever did at the Citadel. Um, and and I, I always tell people that the 10 months that I spent at flight school felt like, you know, two times, eight years of being at the Citadel, um, it just, it was that hard. It was that mentally challenging and that physically challenging. And then it, it stayed that way all the way up uh, through my career. Uh, it, you, you learn how to, how to handle those stresses uh, through the experiences. But um, uh, every, uh, as I tell people, every night one mission that I flew uh, was different. And each one of them, um, if you don't mind me using a, a French word here and there, each one of them, I was scared shitless. Yeah, and I, th- I think at times people don't realize that uh, 
that's what you have to work through to get to the other side. You can't quit. You can't say, oh, I'm scared. I'm going to quit. No, you have to work your way through it, don't you, Colonel? You've got to work your way through it because, um, you know, in the end, when you look at the the performance of of each individual, each organization, each nation that comes to to combat, if you in in this example, um, you know, you you don't have the luxury of uh, of of sitting on the sideline. You know, everybody has been tapped on the shoulder to play in the game. Uh, in in the art of war, and so stepping forward is, is uh, it, it's not an option; uh, it's it's a requirement, and uh, and and that's really you know that that applies not only in, in flying jets, but it applies it applies in the boardrooms uh, of America's greatest companies. It applies you know uh, on the on the parking lots of the, of the many volunteer organizations. That help our nation and help our people today. Um, you have to be all in, um, and and uh, and that's not easy. Um, and and I, I you know I guess I I kind of thrived on on that all in concept because uh, you know there was every every day I, I look forward to uh, putting on my boots and my flight suit and coming to work. Uh, every day I look forward to. Uh, flying the best jet that I could, even though I knew I wasn't the best guy in the squadron or the best guy in the flight that day, uh, because I knew those who were in charge of providing instruction and and critiquing my performance uh, were doing it with the same intentions of making me a better pilot uh, and ultimately a better commander um, and, and then eventually a better member of, of the executive team uh, for the companies that I work for, so uh, it, it it really is a, a it really is more than a full contact sport. Well, and you have to seize every opportunity, and and whether those opportunities present themselves at a time and a place that you want them, or sometimes they're opportunities and you don't want them, you don't realize they were really opportunities till later. And I suspect as you were going through your career and being sent to all kinds of different bases and, and, and uh, being asked to do different things, maybe not everything seemed like an opportunity, a good opportunity at the time. Uh, you're, you're spot on. And, um, you know, that's where, that's where the role of a mentor really comes to play because I can tell you in my, in my final uh, two or three assignments um, uh, in the Air Force, I was, I questioned uh, some of the the, the the locations and decisions that were being made, and I was blessed to have had uh, mentors, both as officers and senior enlisted members, um, along my career. And and so the the opportunity to talk to my mentors and hear it through another lens, uh, hear it uh, through their words and their experiences. Uh, help to shine the light on on the the opportunity. It didn't. It did not. Uh, it didn't make the opportunity easier. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't a gimme. Uh, it wasn't what I would call a layup scenario. It was a. You still have to earn. You know that next step. But if that door opens up for you, um, then you're the right person to go through that door. 
and, and take on the challenge of being successful for your organization, for your people, uh, you know, for your, for your heritage. And, and then later on for yourself, you know, it was, uh, I read a book recently about the you know, leaders eat last. And, and that's exactly the, the approach that my, my mentors would tell me, um, you're the right guy to go through that door, but you know, the successes or the failures of that organization, if they're successes, they belong to everybody first and then you second at the end. If they're failures, then you have to own them yourself first so that you protect your people. And again, having those mentors uh, throughout my career uh, really, really did uh, help to shine light where at the time I only saw darkness. Well, you know, and I think those mentors are folks both who have to present themselves but you have to search out and and that's true for anybody who's listening if you don't have somebody in your field that you think hey this is a guy or gal i can go ask for candid advice kind of get mentorship from you got to go search them out and find them because there are going to be times in every life every career that it's just dark it just doesn't feel like it's going the right way for any variety of reasons and um, you mentioned heritage, and I want to come back to that a little bit because your successes are great. Everybody gets to, you know, recognize them. But if you had, if you don't meet up the standards, then everybody goes, oh, yeah, those guys from the Citadel, they can't do it. Those guys from Puerto Rico, they can't do it. Those guys from El Paso, Texas, where you were born, they can't do it. So you really do end up carrying a fair bit of weight on making sure that you are um, – accomplishing goals that you want to accomplish and that uh, the heritage gets recognized as well. Did you feel that pressure? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Jim. There was times there, there was that pressure um, more so from, uh, from what I would call the core. And, and, and as you indicated, I would use the Citadel or Puerto Rico or El Paso as the core, sometimes the core was looking for for you to do more um, because of what you know what what they were looking for, um, and, and so it, it became challenging because sometimes you didn't know who was really behind those uh, initiatives. Um, I I've always told my people and and all my bosses that uh, when when I come through the door. Um, you know, they, the first thing they get is, is, uh, is a 110% uh, Rico Rodriguez professional uh, in whatever I'm doing, whether it's staff work or flying the jet uh, or, uh, you know, preparing for a meeting with the board of directors, you're going to get 110% there. You're also going to get 110% uh, because Rico Rodriguez brings a lot to the table and usually what I usually try to insinuate is, you know, culturally, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, leave it half, half empty. I'm going to fill it up. Uh, and so you have to be prepared for that because some people aren't prepared for that. And so the, the, uh, the, the, the pressure to, uh, to make not, I don't want to say everybody happy, but to, to address all of the all of the participants that uh, I, I I have the honor to be a part of, uh, 
uh, whether it be in academics or cultural relationships, that that pressure um, for me came uh, as a second effect. The first effect was to be the best officer, uh, the best fighter pilot, the best American soldier. Um, that was the first effect. And, and I always said, if I did all of that right, then everybody else has to be happy or has to be okay with, uh, with, with whatever they're either asking for or I'm insinuating Abs- or thinking that they Yeah, absolutely. You, you referenced being, uh, you know, a, 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 an athlete in your youth. And I, I'll go back to that uh, phrase we all would use back then is we want to leave it all on the field. We, didn't, we don't want anybody in our community, whatever that community is, and that community invests in you whether you know it or not. Um, yeah. You want that community to say, he did, it, he did his best. He, he left it all on the field. And I, and I think that's what yeah. I'm hearing you say, uh, you know, whether it was out of the, you didn't want the Citadel, you didn't want Puerto Rico, you didn't want Texas, you didn't want your Hispanic heritage, anybody to say, he didn't do his best or he didn't leave it all on the field. You know, he was, he only played at 70%. So, um, you know, I think no, no, that's, that's a hundred that's a hundred percent spot on is, uh, uh, and, and that's really the, the definition of, of a team being successful is when, uh, all of the individuals on the team leave it on the field a hundred percent. Um, and then, uh, under the orchestration of whether it be a coach or a teacher, or a commander, uh, whatever whoever's orchestrating it. When when everybody's at a hundred percent, then you are uh, you're a better uh, organization, and your chances of success are much much higher um, than than if you just uh, kind of do a a free for all and say, well, just just you know, give me what you got, and we'll see where we go from there. No. You, you got to come. You got to come with that approach to give, to put it all on the table, and and go from there. Yeah, that's that hundred and ten percent you were talking about. Uh, you know, leaving it all on the field. And, and that what I call that that hundred and ten percent. You know, ten percent. You know, I, I I always you know I've always meant uh, meant this to be a part of my my dialogue uh, with my team and my and those who you know who looked up to me is. You know, a hundred percent is 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 the given. It's 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 what what we're you know what we're going to always do. That ten percent is what makes Rico Rodriguez uniquely different than uh, somebody else who's wearing the same flight suit, who's the same height, same build. Uh, all that ten percent of me being a Hispanic officer, uh, the culture that I bring to the table. Uh, the understanding that though, that ten percent makes me uniquely better for the team, and I and I always ask everybody to make sure that they give us their hundred and ten percent. I want all the different cultures uh, involved. I want I want different languages as part of it. I want different religions. I want different ethnic groups. I want all those things that make us better uh, as individuals. Because man, when you really get that team together. Uh, you know, there's there's no matching uh, the potential for success. Uh, but if you leave that 10% at the table or at the door when you come in and you don't bring it, then it, it, it's it's like you define you have just defined the weakest link. Well, and, um, you're really talking so about the, always, yeah, you're really talking about the uniqueness, if you will, of the American uh, experiment. 
uh, everybody's exactly. got some 10 percent and and uh, uh, they need to bring that 10 percent to the table I, I skipped over a lot in the resume but i want to c- touch on this because i got to get before i run out of time and that is uh, colonel rodriguez has always brought it a hundred percent he's picked up two master's degrees along the way uh, after retiring, retiring as a colonel from the United States Air Force, he did 16 years at Raytheon Missiles and Defense System as a as a VP. Um, he finished up there uh, and uh, now runs a, a consulting enterprise, uh, uh, Splash 3 LLC, focused on domestic and global defense requirements, leadership principles, and motivational speaking. And when you look, take that whole package you understand why my friends at Hispanic Veterans Leadership Alliance said, you got to talk to Rico. He's a Hispanic hyperachiever. <laughs> so when you're when other admirals and generals are saying, you got to talk to this guy, you talk to this guy. Now, I don't think you'd li- you necessarily like the, the terminology uh, hyperachiever, but uh, you've been so labeled it by your, many of your peers. So that's uh, something to be proud of. I'm very proud that they they referenced me in that capacity. Uh, um, as I said before, um, my hyper focus is about uh, making sure that I'm uh, openly uh, engaged in the in the criticisms, in the uh, in the uh, the opportunity wherever somebody who I respect. Uh, and I and I salute to in various roles uh, when they're giving me my my you know my annual feedback my how to do it better I I, I am hyper focused on that because the last thing I want to do is reinvent the wheel and make another mistake. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to point out one more personal thing, and and I'm going to give most of the credit, if not all the credit, to your wife. Uh, Rico's got a daughter who graduated from the United States Air Force Academy and is currently serving in the service, uh, and a son who graduated from the University of Arizona in uh, architect, which is not easy to do. Uh, so, but I, I'm giving all that credit to your wife. Uh, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, all of us who were on this call and and listening as veterans, we all know that um, you know we spent more time away from home than we wanted to. Um, but the stability of the home is what ultimately gave us the power to succeed in the mission. And and I try and remind folks that if you if you don't have your if you if you're not all in at home as well, and you're not focused on on all the things that you that you can be doing, and I'm not saying I did that, uh, but uh, if you can't be there, then your life partner needs to be there with you, and uh, and and I do give Trish all the credit for the successes of our kids. Well, as uh, as many of us should. So. Um, uh, Colonel, thank you for spending some time with Veterans Radio this afternoon and talking about not only your career, some lessons learned, but how to grab opportunities and seek mentors and 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 leave it all on the field, which is, I think, uh, a message that hopefully has gotten across to everybody. Rico, thanks for the time today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for the opportunity and to all the veterans and your significant others. Thank you for your service and your commitment to our great nation. Uh, if there's ever anything I can do to help, uh, Rico Rodriguez is always available to help. 
Thank you, Rico. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, nvbdc.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor. And the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time. You are dismissed. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.